Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with my fellow Your Story Travel Guides, Gina and Miranda. We hope and pray that you're all staying safe and happy and healthy. This is episode 631, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. Simply email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com to book a trip or for a free quote. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation, so contact us today. Hello, everyone. Today, we continue our series of the Walt Disney World Resort reviews. We hope that you are finding these reviews helpful because we understand that when you choose to stay on property, the process for choosing your resort can be overwhelming and a little bit confusing. We hope this series has helped clarify a few things for you. In our last resort review a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Coronado Springs Resort. That one is considered a moderate resort, and today we are going to review another moderate resort. Vicki, please go ahead and share with us which one is on the list for today. So this is actually installment nine. I can't believe we've done nine of these already. Um, We're going to be talking about the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, Um, and there is a lot to say. I don't think that I knew how much before uh, we started this. So we're going to have to split this show into two parts. This will be the first part. Um, with the two episodes, we're going to still try to touch on every aspect that we can so that you feel comfortable knowing about that. If you have any questions so that when you're making your decision about what resort you want to stay at, this may be able to help you. So Gina's going to kick us off by telling us the introduction of Fort Wilderness Resort Campground. Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground opened in November 1971. The resort has 799 campsites and 409 air-conditioned wilderness cabins residing on more than 700 acres of lush vegetation with surrounding pine and cypress trees. It's not unusual to see wildlife such as rabbits, deer, armadillos, ducks, geese, and peacocks roaming around the grounds. This is one of the few pet-friendly resorts There are accommodations in the cabins that are pet friendly and all the loops are now pet friendly as well. With regards to the location, this resort is very close to Magic Kingdom. So what about Fort Wilderness rates? This is always my question when I'm pricing a Disney hotel. So rates vary by which accommodation you want and the season in which you are visiting. For campsites, the range is typically anywhere between $53 to $164, with an upwards of $175 during the holidays. For cabins, the range is typically from $324 to $454, with an upwards of $566 during the holidays. The additional costs include cot rentals for $6 a night, tent rentals for $45 a night, firewood, which is $25 per half bin, 54 at Fulbin. And um, we had a guest on here not too long ago, Heidi, that talked about Fort Wilderness Campground. I would encourage you to go back and listen to her. She explained better the ranges. I mean, we're going to explain them for you, but I think she explained it so that we understood it better. 
of um, how it worked because she didn't know and that's why she wanted to stay. She's a DVC member and chose to stay at the campground just so she could say that she did it once. So additional notes about the rates, annual pass holders are often eligible for discounts on the cabins and campsites throughout the year. Availability varies and many time rates are not announced until three or four months in advance. And it should be noted that Disney keeps close track of room bookings and when those fall below projections, they start to offer a resort discount. So it pays to keep a watchful eye always checking on the Disney website for update rate information or use one of us as an agent because we do that for you ordinarily. If we have a guest that's um, signed up in one of these resorts, we're always watching for the deals to make sure that we can help you out in finding the best deal for your vacation. So what about the check-in process? Check-in is essentially the same as at other Disney resorts. Um, let's talk about the cabin check-ins. Part of the reception outpost and check-in at the front desk. If <clears throat> checking in early, you can store your baggage in the secure storage area behind the front desk. Here you'll receive your magic bands and a portfolio containing park maps and information sheets with park hours and a fort activities sheet. If you're driving your own vehicle or rental, you will then be given directions to your cabin. If you do not have a vehicle, you will be driven to your cabin via an electric cart. So now let's talk about the check-in process for guests in RVs and those planning to tent camp. First of all, you remain in your vehicle and register at one of the several drive-through windows at the reception outpost. Be aware that if you are arriving late in the evening, the drive-through lanes could be closed and you will have to check in inside the reception outpost. If your site is not ready at the point you are checking in, you'll be asked to park in the lot by the Old Fort Wilderness Kennel. You'll be given a phone number to call and to fill out when your site is ready. You can either stay there with your vehicle or you can go enjoy the parks and move into your site when you return. And that is one of the things that I know my friend Heidi talked about on her trip report is how that worked out. And it's just a little bit different than, than what we're used to when we check into a regular resort hotel like event or environment. So what are the cabins like? Well, there's 407 of them and they're approximately 12 feet by 42 feet. These can be found in loops 2100 and 2800. So each loop they're talking about, it, it has a number like an address. Um, there's a wood deck outside which a pic with a picnic table and a charcoal grill. The cabins underwent a substantial rehab in the late 2015 and inside the cabins are laid out as follows. The bedroom with the queen bed also has bunk beds in it, a nightstand, a chest of drawers, closet space, and then a full bathroom with a tub and shower. And then there's a small hall closet, full kitchen with amenities, living area with a big screen color television, a dining table that seats six, and a pullout sleeper sofa. The only items not included are salt and pepper, sugar, sweetener, coffee filters, or small drinking glasses for the bathroom. The hall closet contains a portable crib with sheet, broom, and dustpan. The cabins also have enhanced wilderness theming, which includes furniture that appears to be rough hewn from branches and a log cabin-like veneer exterior. And since the cabins are equipped with bunk beds in the room, in addition to the queen bed, it sleeps six people. There are 13 cabins set up to be handicapped accessible in the 2800 loop and when making your cabin reservations just make sure that fort wilderness knows you need a fully accessible cabin with a roll-in shower if you are if you need handicap accessibility um the one thing that always surprises me about this and i heard a rumor i haven't heard a fact 
that they're gonna change this in their next refurb is I don't understand why the queen bed is in the same room with the bunk beds. I was getting ready to say that because we've had the opportunity to stay there and that's the reason why we did not stay there is because I'm sorry, I don't want the kids sleeping in the same room as my husband and I. Right, I mean, you want that alone time, you're on vacation. And um, I thought about staying there, but for the same reason, I'm like, yeah, no, I want some time with my husband alone. So if you, that, if you are one of those people and you don't wanna share a room with your children on vacation and you want some alone time, this is probably not, and you have more than two children, because you can always put those on the sofa, the let out sofa, if you want to do that. But if you have six people staying there, you have to consider that. So that's something definitely to consider when you're thinking about renting the cabins. I hope they do do a refurb and move it around. I, I would hope so. I really think, because the other ones that are in the DVC are not like that, because uh, Heidi just recently stayed in those after she stayed at the campground, and she said that, no, it's not like that anymore, that they had refurbed it. That's awesome. Okay, so what are the campsites like is what everybody is asking, I know. Um, there are 788 conventional campsites located in the 20 loops, 100 through 2000. Most are fairly secluded from one another by a generous growth of brush and trees. All campsites are back ends and are a combination of a sandy pad and a paved driveway, ranging in length from 25 to 60 feet. Each site is approximately 25 feet wide and comes with a picnic table and a charcoal grill. All sites have electricity, 20, 30, and 50 amps, and city water. There are 695 full hookup sites that also provide sewer. There are all, there's also 90 partial hookup sites, which are used primarily by the tent campers and those with tent trailers. They are located on loops 1500 and 2000. When making a reservation, it's very important to specify the length of your RV and whether or not it has a slide outs and or awnings, as well as any other details about its size. This is so you're assured they'll assign you to the correctly sized campsite. And now Miranda's going to explain what I was talking about before with the campsites. So with regard to the campsite categories, there are five of them. Premium, Premium Meadow, Preferred, Full Hookup, and Partial. The Premium site is billed as Big Rig Friendly, which means they can accommodate RVs larger than 45 feet in length, as well as those having multiple slide outs. The sites are wider, up to 24 feet, and deeper, up to 60 feet, meaning they have a larger level paved pad. They also feature all the amenities, water, power, sewer, cable, and access to high-speed internet, plus upgraded picnic tables and grills, as well as prime locations. The premium meadow category is relatively new as an added option that was released on uh, June 19, 2019. And this category offers the same options as the premium with one addition, proximity to meadow trading posts, meadow recreation area, bike barn, and campfire area. Tent campers can use premium sites, but since they have a full pad with no sand area at all, unlike preferred full and partial, it can be impossible to find a place to put a tent on stakes. I find that so interesting. Okay, so preferred campsites include water, power, sewer, and cable. Internet access is free, but you need to check out a kit for it. There's a $125 credit card hold for this, so when you check it out, they're gonna do like they do um, on your credit card, put $100 when you first get there. So this would be 125. Campsite, size, campsite sizes vary in length and width, and some can accommodate equipment as large as 10 feet by 60 feet. 
Non-preferred sites are located farther from the Pioneer Hall and Marina area. A full hookup site in a preferred area will include cable, but it's also possible to have a non-cable partial hookup site in a preferred loop. Fort Wilderness also has an area called Creekside Meadow. It's a primitive campsite area and remains unchanged for the foreseeable future. It's used by scout troops, schools, and other group campers. Yes, because when you're in scouts, they make you do the more primitive things like dig before you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Gosh. Here's the loop to campsite matchup. Loop 100 through loop 300 is preferred. Loop 400 through loop 1400 is premium. Loop 1500 and loop 2000 are partial hookup. And loop 1600 through loop 1900 is full hookup. There's room to park one vehicle per site in addition to the camping vehicle at no charge and each site is limited to 10 people additional parking is available at the main parking lot check-in time for the campsites is 1 p.m and checkout time is at 11. multiple tents or combinations of campers and tents can occupy a site however there is a two dollar charge per adult when there are more than two adults per campsite weekly and monthly discounts are available in the off season i think that's a pretty good price though yeah it is it's not bad two dollars yeah you're not gonna stay at a hotel for two dollars like <laughs> there's a campground that's really close to us because it's like right on the river and uh, my in-laws used to camp up there all the time and it, i think it was like five dollars per adult to two dollars is nothing wow that's awesome so the big question are campfires allowed at campsites it used to be that you couldn't have a campfire at the sites because they got worried about people letting them get out of control but this policy has changed you can bring your own contained campfire if you typically stores call them fire pits or outdoor fireplaces in a solid metal bottom on short legs with metal mesh on the sides and the top a mesh top is okay at all campsites except any of those that you are creekside you have a creekside spot, you must have a solid metal top for your fire pit. This is to better prevent embers from spreading to the greater amounts of trees and foliage and wildlife that are around the creeks. For example, the creek dog walk along Loop 300 has a large wooded area with deer, eagles, armadillos, and more making their home there. So this is a role that protects them. Of course, Fort Wilderness has the campfire program where you can enjoy campfires as well as everything offered at this special and i don't know if these are open yet but these are very cool we've talked about it on a couple of the resorts you can buy little kits to make s'mores with your family at these campfires and um i just think that's a fun another fun thing that you can do that's not really expensive uh at the resorts so what things should you bring so for cabins and campers you need to bring a flashlight or a lantern insect repellent charcoal and matches um, I do want to say, I know a lot of people don't like insect repellents because they're made with chemicals. I did see a thing and all you have to do is Google it, but something about you do so many parts of water to um, mint flavoring that you add to like cooking thing and it helps repel the insects and it's not chemical based, then it's based by food or plant. So um, I would check that out if you're not one of the people that wants to use insect repellents with chemicals. And I totally get that because first of all, they stink and they don't taste good if they get in your mouth either. 
Specifically for campers though, you need additional items like an extension cord, rope for your clothesline cord, toolbox, a fire extinguisher, hatchet or an ax, a broom and dustpan, trash bags, outdoor rug and doormat, a portable heater, water pressure regulator, drinking water hose, a gray water hose and holding container, wheel chucks, leveling blocks, roll of quarters for your laundry, laundry detergent, a trailer hitch latch pin and a trailer lock, cable if you're planning to use a cable hookup, and at last but not least, the keys to your trailer and any of the locks that you'll need to keep yourself safe. And what are comfort stations? These are basically relaxation stations and there's 15, 15 of them strategically located through the campground. Many loops have their own comfort station, but some smaller loops share a single centrally located one. They all have AC, private showers, restrooms, laundry rooms, hay and house phones, and ice machines. They're open 24 hours a day, except for the laundry. The doors have security locks and they are cleaned at least once a day. In addition to comfort stations, a laundry facility is also located at the Wilderness Cabin Swimming Pool. For those who don't want to do their own laundry, bags are in the closet of each cabin and you can contact housekeeping for services. Laundry pickup is by 8.30 a.m. and return by 7 p.m., except on Sundays and holidays. So, are there smoking and non-smoking cabin areas? As of June 1, 2007, all Disney resorts and guest rooms are smoke-free. However, at Fort Wilderness, you can smoke at your campsite or on the, and or on the porch of your Fort Wilderness cabin. You just cannot smoke inside the cabins. There are designated outdoor smoking areas in the public areas of the resort. Check the resort map or with a cast member for exact location. So you're probably wondering what are the best loops to stay at if you're going to camp? Best is a subjective term. Generally, campers want to be near the settlement trading post on the north end of Fort Wilderness, which allows them to also be close to the marina and beach, Pioneer Hall, and guest services. So those loops are 100 through 500 and then 700. Others want to be closer to the center of Fort Wilderness, near the Meadow Trading Post, Campfire Program, Main Swimming Pool, Tennis Courts, and Bike Barn. Those loops are 600 and then 800 through 1600. For those campers who want to be a little farther away from the action or are looking for quieter surroundings, you're going to want loops 1700 through 2000. They're the best. Guests in cabins are located in loops 2100 through 2800. Loop 2100 is the closest to the center of the resort. Loops 2200 through 2800 get increasingly farther away as the loop continues, with 2800 being the closest to the south end of the resort near the entrance. So this was far more spread out than I realized when, I don't know, I passed, we drove by it last year. It didn't look so big, <laughs> but then I forget how Disney is and how a mass it is like this large property that can go on and on forever. I had no clue that there were this many camp uh, sites on that property. I mean, did you guys? I knew it was big because just because we had researched staying there, but like my question is, is like, cause we never have a car and I don't necessarily want to rent a golf cart for the week that I'm there. So how are you going to get from your cabin to the buses or the, you know? Well, that is the one thing that Heidi did tell us is you probably want to rent a golf cart. I mean, there are hundreds right. of them there, obviously to rent. 
you're probably going to want to rent one. And depending on what time of year, it can get pricey. Now, I don't know if we're going to talk about that in a minute or we not. We are, yeah. Okay. Let's just wait till we get there. Well, <clears throat> we've thought about camping, but it's such a far driver for us with my in-laws camper that it's just not worth it in our end but we would have a golf cart at our disposal because they have their own oh nice <laughs> so the big question is is there security at the campground yes there is a gated entry to the resort that requires a valid magic band to open additionally security personnel patrol the resort there are safes in the wilderness cabins and safe storage for valuables is also available at the front desk there are security locks on the comfort stations that require a magic band to open from midnight to 6 a.m. All laundry facilities require a magic band to open. Okay, so I'm going to assume that all this information came before the phone came into play. So I'm going to say right. that probably now a valid magic band or, or your phone, or your phone will, will get you into the park. I mean, the resort, sorry. So what about babysitting and childcare services? Are they available? It is unclear. Disney used to contract with a third party kids night out to provide one-on-one -on -one in room babysitting for both the cabins and the campsites, providing age appropriate toys, activities, books, games, and arts and crafts. In the last few years, Disney has discounted babysitting service at any of the other resorts. Although there is a section labeled childcare services on the official Disney webpage for Fort Walt's resort. When you click on the picture of Stitch, it displays a message that simply reads, someone ate the page. No more information behind that cryptic message is available. I want to say that with the pandemic, I don't know if you guys think this, but I'm afraid some of this babysitting stuff is going to go away just for security reasons. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them. I mean... If you're going on vacation, you do like Stephanie does and you bring grandma and grandpa with you so that you can have a night out if you want it. But um, I mean, I know it was a nice service, but we just have to be so much more cautious now than we ever had before. Right. So does the Fort Wilderness transportation system work? There are three internal buses that let you know that this is a large piece of property. They are purple, orange, and yellow, and they run between the outpost depot near the resort's entrance to the settlement depot near the resort's marina. Guests use these buses to travel to points within the resort. The buses announce each stop through the sound system as well as on an LED sign. As far as getting to the parks or other resorts from Fort Wilderness, bus routes are posted at each bus stop, which can help you determine the best route to your destination. If you need quicker transportation than a bus can provide, you can take a yellow cab. Pickup for this is at the reception outpost. Inside Fort Wilderness, automobiles are prohibited except when entering or leaving the resort or parking at the Meadow Trading Post. Therefore, you can walk, ride bikes, or golf carts, or use the bus system. And I did not know that part. All right, so here is the answer to our question that we had a little bit ago about the golf carts. Okay. Do I need a golf cart to get around inside Fort Wilderness, and how much are they? Fort Wilderness is a large resort area, obviously, with the three buses. The Fort Wilderness map says the campground is one mile as the crow flies long, but some say it's more like 1.5 miles long, one half mile wide. The internal bus running within the campground can get you to the marina, 
the trading post, pools, etc. But bus waits can be up to 20 minutes. It is quite an advantage time-wise to either have bicycles or an electric golf cart. Guests often rent a golf cart to explore the more than 700 acres of Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. <laughs> the carts have windshields and headlights and seat up to four adults and can be rented by the day or the week. Cost is approximately $63 a day with tax included. So be sure to figure this in if you want a golf cart for each day of your stay. Guests must be 18 years of age and older to rent a golf cart and reservations are highly recommended and are an absolute must during peak times. Carts may be reserved up to one year in advance. There are a few carts that will seat six people, but they are available on first come first serve basis only. Well, Gina and Miranda, thank you so much for helping us dive deeper into the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground today. Again, as a reminder to all the listeners, this is a review for this resort that is part one. Be listening for part two that's coming soon. It was a lot for us to talk about in this resort and we wanted to make sure that we covered everything. We hope that it was fun and helpful for you. Listeners, we hope you'll come back for part two of the resort review as well as more resort reviews coming your way soon. A few final reminders before we sign off. Please email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com with questions or comments. To book a trip, to get a free quote, or if you're interested in being a guest on our show. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation. So contact us today. Again, that email is mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or our Your Story Travel TikTok account at Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish out the latest news, rumors, and chat the big game. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Till the spire. See you real soon. Have a magical day, my friends. to spring Famine turns to feast Nature points the way Nothing left to say Beauty